0: So and you guys, I would make sure to um I'll make sure you guys should share this on your Facebook pages. On your personal right Facebook now pages. right now, like through your phone, so people can see it. And then also create a um a live stream on your Facebook page. On your personal Facebook page via your phone. That,
1: no, no, no. I think it would have been great to have a tutorial on that before we started. Um, because I don't know what we're talking y'all about. Y'all
2: legit y'all know
1: exactly what I'm talking
2: about. <laughs> I'm saying beyond. I think we beyond. might be live right now. Yeah, we are. We're live
1: right now. Oh, you can it's how it, can you tell?
2: It says recording. It live says on live Facebook. on Facebook. <laughs>
1: okay. All right. We're cooking with fire <laughs> or bacon oil, whatever the saying is. Where we are. We're live. Yes. <laughs> oh, so exciting.
0: Because okay. you no. guys can literally do it right now. Like, okay, it'll tell, say once, Say how to do it. Pull, so first, pull it up. One, go to our page. The right perspective, and okay. then press share. We're done. Oh, it's just that. <laughs> it's, it's just that. It's literally that. <laughs> share, I thought it was harder. We're done.
1: That's it. That's all you have to do. Oh. You, 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 you. Um, late millennials. Let's see here. it's Uh, a big difference between the earlies
0: and the lates let's just keep it real uh she keeps forgetting that we're just a few years apart but it's a big my my (laughs) type of millennial is right there with you
1: i just don't understand it's very different okay i did it did you do it bro Uh,
2: my phone is not accessible to me i am a professional Oh, oh, oh oh Okay. <laughs> okay. All right. I'm going gonna, I'm
1: gonna to do the, the opening blurb. Are y'all All ready? All okay. right. I'm ready. Go. All right. The first season of the American television drama series, The Wire, premiered on June 2nd, 2002. The story follows the Baltimore Police Department as they build a case against a narcotics trafficking outfit known as the Barksdale Organization. Now, this show is just completely a cult classic. People love this show. Why is it considered to be such a classic? Well, I'm glad you asked. This is The Right Perspective, the podcast where we review and discuss TV shows and films that are considered classics by the world or by one of us, and then we discuss it, and then we decide whether it is worthy of the title classic. And so today we are going to discuss season one of The Wire. And then at the end, we will decide whether it gets one, two, or three police badges.
2: Are well, we Let me just badges? let me just say this?
1: Or or crack rock. We, we all- I don't know.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I
0: would love if it was crack rock.
2: Or
1: but <laughs> I need a full know. of hair on. Yeah. All
2: right. Well, first, first of all, can I say, you didn't do the thing where we introduce ourselves. Oh, I forgot. I right, should so do that first. Okay. Well, you kick, you kick I, that I off. I got it. Hi, I'm Aubrey. I'm the oldest.
1: Hi, I'm Janiyah. I'm the middle.
0: Hi, everyone. I'm Brittany. I'm the youngest.
2: All right. <laughs> so now everybody knows who we are. And thanks, Brian. here's no problem. And here's the thing. We always decide what we're going to vote on with. Each of us gets a vote. And we do something that is uh, related to the subject material. Now, I am on board with police Mm badges or crack rocks, which I feel actually might be more um, appropriate. But the thing about it is, is that it's really negative, though. It is. And, I, and 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 I, I
1: would, yeah I wouldn't say police badges are positive necessarily or exactly. either. So, so so
2: so the thing is is that I think we should do chicken boxes, and I'm gonna tell you why we should do chicken boxes. uh huh. The reason why I I, I want to
0: let you know that Keisha and Ashley are in and in the comments, Keisha said we need to do crack pipes. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Listen, I. It was crazy because everything I thought about was drug-related. But let me explain. Yeah, let me explain.
1: Do it. I
2: moved to Baltimore. I, I went to Morgan State University. And when I uh, was in Baltimore for the first time, um, one thing I found that was fascinating, there's so many things that only exist inside of Baltimore. And one of these things was a chicken box, which is present in every cheesesteak wing shop in existence in Baltimore. And what was so amazing to me about it was that when I was growing up or when we were growing up, there were many ways that we ate chicken out of, you know, styrofoam or, uh, but listen, in Baltimore, it's actually a box of chicken. It's a red (laughs) and white box. Yeah. And they have a word that's three words, salt, pepper, ketchup. And they will ask (laughs) you if you want. So when you get your chicken box, they'll be like salt pepper ketchup. (laughs) And you just say yes. And they just put it all in the box with the fries. So it is a very Baltimore thing. Mm -hmm. And I think, and it's positive. And I think we should do three chicken. we, We should do chicken boxes.
1: Well, bro, you know, you, you've made a really solid case. For chicken I think he I think he has. I think he has. I, you know, I haven't, you know, I lived in Baltimore for a very short period of time in my life. Brittany, you haven't lived in Baltimore,
0: right? No, never. Not,
1: never. Right, I so, lived in uh, Greenbelt. <laughs> worked in Glen Burnie. Right. Well, I was actually in Baltimore very, County, which mm-hmm, is if you've yeah. lived in Baltimore, you know, there's a bit of a difference between the city mm-hmm. and the county. Don't get it messed up. Don't get it twisted. But, but bro, and I, and I just, I also just appreciate you sharing a part of your, your personal life experience with us, because I think that is what makes a podcast enriching. And I want to thank you for that. Oh. And, <laughs> I, I also want to say that. You're about to get CFO. <laughs> no, I just always want to thank you for your contribution. But, um, what, yeah. but yeah. It, bro, if I just watched the show and didn't have the benefit of your wonderful Baltimore-specific context, the chicken boxes didn't come out as a big. I, I mean, I didn't catch it in the show, but it is. You know it's still better than badges or crack.
2: All right. So, so can we I don't. Just, so can we just <laughs> we're, look? I, I don't want to get too far off, off base. Can, it's still better I, than I, I, I lived in crack. Baltimore for ten years.
1: It's chicken boxes. And, Let's and can do chicken you trust boxes. Me that we chicken trust
2: boxes you. is going to be. We do. Good. We do. Okay. We All right, So you. let's get let's get it cracking.
1: I want so to crack the end, cracking at the end, after, after, at the end of the review.
2: <laughs> at the end of the review, each of us have a potential chicken box to give or not give <laughs> this show. And if it gets three chicken boxes, in this case, it will be a classic according to the right perspective. Mm-hmm. So all right. So and bro, can let's... I also
1: give one other bit of framing context before we get started? This sure. is the first time. So, we've had a couple of episodes right now. They're available, everybody. Also, they're on Spotify. They're on Google Podcasts. They're on Apple Podcasts. Woo. They're on YouTube. Yeah, they they're, every, they're everywhere. Yeah, they okay. They're everywhere. Okay. But, you know, so this is our first time trying to attempt to recap a whole season of a show we did um a movie trilogy which was the shaft series we did um, a movie musical seven brides for Seven brothers what else did we do we did a couple of others Bro, I says- I remember. <laughs> we've been posting over oh. two weeks um, oh we did love and basketball we did love and basketball so this is and our first- as
0: i am saying that i really want to say that ashley has also put down in the comments very she's very adamant we want crack we want crack we want crack <laughs> I just want you to know that she is well okay. but she's very adamant about crack I just want to put that out
1: there well you know yeah. what I think I think if you want crack with your chicken box I think that's fine and I think we support <laughs> you have crack with your chicken box you know I, and I think we're gonna have plenty of crack in this in the over the course of this podcast There's crack So gonna much be crack. it's gonna it's be gonna a be through But so I just wanted to say that, like, we, we, this is our first time trying, so this is 13 episodes, and we're going to do it, like, in this one podcast, I believe it is possible. This is also our first time, like, committing to, like, a multi-podcast series, because the show is five seasons, but this episode is only going to be one season of The Wire. So we're going to have to, at some point, maybe we'll do them in order, seasons two through five. So I just wanted to put that out there. This is, this is the new challenge. So. All right. Super fun all right all right so so go ahead kick it off all right so i'm gonna kick it off i'm gonna try to recap that whole thing that whole season real fast aubrey Brittany, please pop in because i didn't really get my notes right and tight like i should have before we started so uh, i'll do it for the next one uh anyway so this show um it follows um essentially it is a uh a police task force um And we we spend a lot of time with the police task force. And then we're also spending a lot of time with uh, a drug um, organization called, which is called, it's shorthanded as the Barksdale Organization, named for the head of it. uh, His name is Avon Barksdale. And so the whole show kicks off when one of the police officers, a man named Detective McNulty, he meets privately with a judge that he has a relationship with. And they're sitting there and they're both sitting there having a conversation in the aftermath of the judge having just presided over a case where a young man, D'Angelo Barksdale, he was um, essentially acquitted for murder. He was commi- he was acquitted for a murder, even though there were witnesses of him like murdering a person, somehow we get to the actual trial and all the witnesses are changing their stories for the most part, whatever it is, because the witnesses were tampered with the the, the guy, D'Angelo Barksdale, ends up getting acquitted. And so Detective McNulty, he's super frustrated. He's sitting down, he's talking with the judge and the judge um, is really for some reason listening to to Detective McNulty, as Detective McNulty is basically saying, listen, you've let this guy off, but this is just one of many murders that have not gone resolved under this drug organization. This Barksdale Drug Organization in Baltimore, they are really quite successful at drug dealing, and we are not getting these murders resolved at all. And so the judge is infuriated (laughs) by this, and he ends up calling um to some of the higher-ups in the police department and he basically says listen we've had another acquittal of a murder under this drug organization what's going on i need answers and that essentially sets off the a whole series of events that become season one so at the top of the episode at the top of the season a task force of police officers is put together and we'll have time to talk about the intricacies of those relationships. But long story short, this this group of police officers, it is any organization you've ever worked with. You got your dum-dums, you got your top performers, okay? You've got your people that are in it to win it, okay? And you've got your whack attacks. All right. We and all have them at have our your nepo, You have your nepotism <laughs> happening up in there. You have your nepotism happening. You have people who are rogue, okay? Who are not following the rules, okay? And then you have people who have made up their own rules, okay? And they don't care. Um, and, oh, wait. No, my, look, myself, my, my laptop is dying. I got to plug it in.
0: Well, while she's doing that, I do want to shout out everyone that I charger. see in the room. I do see that we have our cousins Alexis, Keisha. Um, We also have our cousin Cherie, one of my closest friends, Ashley, is in here. Shout out, shout out. I also see Rachel Faith, Kirsten Johnston. What's up people, what's going on? So happy that y'all are in the room. I did see Patrick was in here as well. Yay. Like, I am loving it. You guys, make sure you're saying hello. Comment below. We're going to be watching the comments. Uh, we're going to be seeing what everyone is saying, and we're going to be responding. We want you to be interactive. We're in this together. <laughs>
1: Yay! <laughs> and, bro, if you're talking, you're muted, bro. So, so... Thank you for calling out the folks, sis. And now no my problem. and now my computer's plugged in, so we're good to go. So, <laughs> so long story short, this police officer group—they have this hodgepodge of people who are uh, on on different spectrums in terms of the level of commitment to this investigation into this narcotics, this um, drug dealing group going well. Okay, some just want to use it as an excuse to go into the to this black neighborhood and terrorize the people. Some really want to get the drugs off the streets, okay? And then there are others that have just political motive. And what ends up happening is that the efforts of the police department end up getting befuddled more than anything else by the police department itself. Every single time they are trying to get resources, it's a fight. Every single time they are trying to figure out, um, trying to implement certain tactics, the politics of the police department end up getting in the way. What do I mean by politics? I mean this person jockeying for a promotion, this person being in cahoots with with political figures around the city that are clearly not not positive actors okay <laughs> um, and and' they're, and they 're trying to thwart the success of this investigation. but after hard work and some negotiating and you know you know being out in the in the in the shadows they were able to get wiretaps. And this is why the show was called The Wire. They're able to get some, some wiretaps onto te- into some phone booths in this specific project area, which is the home base for the drug group. And so that is when they start to actually make, get some momentum on the case. It's because they're able to start to listen in on the, the, the phone calls that are happening on pay phones between the, the members of the drug dealers group. And then they're also able to uh, start to tap into their beepers because they're using beepers to, to, to send messages to each other. And once they start to do the, to get that information and get in there, that's when they're able to start to get momentum on the case. Well, what are we learning? We're now over now, we're, we're on the side over at the drug dealer side and listen, here's what you need to know. This is just, these are black men okay that's what you need to know these are black men it's ever, it's, it's your brother it's your father it's your cousin it's your uncle okay these are just amazing black men who are in a circumstance that is less than ideal what is that circumstance well they're drug dealers okay why a myriad of reasons um some of the main drug dealers that we find out though they're drug dealers because it is family legacy grandfather was a drug dealer Daddy was a drug dealer, therefore I'm now a drug dealer. My uncle's a drug dealer, my cousin's a drug dealer, this is what we do. There are others in this group, and some of them very young. Some of the drug dealers, they are, they are young teens, okay? Some of them are younger than that.
2: They're younger than teens.
1: Younger than teens. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, it's and, the- it's, and they're all drug dealers because of circumstance. It's their neighborhood. It's the option that was available, and it was the natural thing to do next. And the show does a great job of giving us an opportunity to look into the lives of some of these different people to kind of get a sense of why they're in the circumstance where they are and the extent to which they are adapting well to that circumstance that has put them in this situation where they're now drug dealers. And of course, some of them are loving it and thriving. And there are others who they are, are- loving. Loving it and feeling like they have found their life's course. And then there are others who are, who are, who are, who are, who are not feeling great about it and are full of disconnected resentment. So what ends up happening is that the drug dealers, and let me just say, they have a masterful business plan that they have put together that has enabled them to be nimble so that when they start to get a sense, the police is on, the police are on to some part of their business. Guess what? They're nimble. They're able to change course. Okay. So that's what they do. The police gets a little nugget.
0: What are they they again?
1: They're nimble. These snaps are are being, that means nimble. That means nimble. You know, this is what you're going for. So they're, they're, able, they're able to react whenever they find the, the, out.
2: Definitely some nimble snaps. <laughs> listen, right. listen, as soon as I
0: saw them, I was like, don't get her off track.
2: track. This It's
1: the universal it going. sign, universal sign for nimble is a dance snap. So so every single time the they, they get a sense that the police are on to them. And how do they get a sense? Well, the police. Throughout this the season, they're they're making interventions. They're they're thwarting certain drug drops. They're they're um, they're in the investigating certain murders that happen. And every time that happens, the drug group is able to, because of their top-notch business plan, they're able to kind of look at what the police have done, understand how the police got the information that they did, and then they're being responsive, they're changing course, they're changing it up, they're giving new instructions to their people, they're changing the rules to adapt so that they continue to be successful even though the police are trying to take them out. So what ends up happening over the course of the season is that we lose some of the the core drug dealer characters. We lose them to murders, of course, okay? And some of the murders are they're killing each other, and sometimes it is outside actors. We also end up getting a chance to meet other members of this community, including um you know other drug groups that are in the neighborhood some are small some are big um but we're wa- we're getting a little peeks into other organized drug factions in in the immediate area we're also getting a chance to meet some of the family members of the, the people who are who are um in the drug game okay so we're really getting a sense of these characters and who they are and so when we are losing them you're you're, you're experiencing the loss you're experiencing the loss of these characters. Now guess what? Because this is a war, we're also having some, some bad luck on the police side. So when the police are working so hard to try to stop the drug dealers from being successful and growing their numbers, every time they get thwarted, you feel that as well, because you're somehow rooting for both the drug dealers and the police officers during wow. the whole show.
2: It's very um, conflicting
0: it's and very that's why
1: it's well written but anyway very so it, on the police <laughs> side the same thing happens where at, they, you start to see them get some success they get thwarted they have injuries on their side big time um and again you're like you're like and i will also say the police leveraged informants quite a bit in this show what were informants these are people that were in the drug group or in uh, tangential groups and those, and then the police officers would would get those people and coerce them with information and emotional tactics, okay, to coerce them into being spies essentially. Mm-hmm. And so we're also getting a sense of the the nuance of what it is to to be right in that in an intersecting uh, relationship. With a drug dealer without actually being a drug dealer so you get you're basically watching how all of this plays out in the community one of the informants that we spend a lot of time with is actually a drug addict and so all the while we are watching the drug um sellers dealers and the police officers battle it out we're also watching individuals struggle with addiction and at the same time we are watching um, some of the relationships of the drug dealers, the girlfriends, the babies, uh, you know, the wives, the moms, we're watching everyone, the grandmoms, okay, struggle with and live in the the implications of the fact that, 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 that the drug dealing is happening, that the police are after them, and that the, they're battling it out. So what ends up happening throughout the course of this season is that we are watching the police and the drug dealers become more and more aware of each other and the more they become aware of each other things just start to come to a head by the end of the episode the end of the season rather you are expecting for one side or the other to win you're expecting that my gosh they have been battling it out this whole season the drug dealers have had wins the police officers have had wins well guess what by the end who's won? The answer is no one, because while the police have managed to convict a good number of the drug dealers, a good number of the drug dealers, they've pulled them off for varying periods of time to jail, there are also people, even higher ups in the drug uh, group that remain and were not convicted and so the drug group by the end we see the, at that the end of the season it's already reinventing itself it already is filling in all the gaps okay a whole bunch cool. of us are gone now next level rise up next. so they're continuing as they are also well, well, well,
2: if, the... if you if you notice and they structured it like that because mm-hmm. because at, at the end like you said once it all came to a head at the end of the season they gave a deal for all of their lower level drug dealers
1: mm-hmm. but
2: so even with like you said, all those people going away, you have all the top guys and specifically Stringer Bell, who is the, the second in command
1: mm-hmm. and the drug
2: mm-hmm. still on the streets. So
1: still on the streets. So literally they will not miss a beat. Have yeah. they had some slowdowns and some slower days? Yes. Some but hiccups. there was there was some point at which they did the math and I think this group was taking in twenty-five grossing twenty-five million dollars a year. And it was like after expenses, it was still, I think, 12 or 13 million, if I'm recalling correctly. And so this group continued in its success. And guess what else? The police officers, they didn't win either, because you know what, they, um, as we watched corruption emerge throughout the process, we saw corruption at all levels, at the lowest levels of the police department, going up so far beyond the police department to local politicians, state politicians. Listen, the corruption was so real, but guess what? Was any of it resolved by the end? No, none of it was resolved. Sure, some players have been named. Okay, sure some business was out on the streets, but not enough. Not enough. And that I think is where I could probably say the recap ends. Um okay. that was that yeah, wasn't now, a specific. You know, that, let me, let me, that's let me tell arc. you, no,
2: that was perfect. And was. That was great. That, that, that was great because you gave the idea. And I don't. Yeah. And I actually didn't want to give too much because if you haven't seen The Wire, I mean, obviously The Wire already has my chicken box. The real discussion is going to be, you su- know. Aubrey suggested I, this I suggested one, y'all. The show. Yeah. He so, loves it. So yeah, this. Well, it is the best show in the world <laughs> and
0: so i do want to put out there that we do have more people that are on Yay! i want to shout out bernard is on here adrian is on here on sarah is on here thank you so much guys for chiming in and just telling us hello please continue to share invite everyone in we're having a good time because we're about to get into the dis- this discussion after that amazing um <laughs> after
1: that amazing synopsis of
0: what happened here Look, in season one I'm okay. happy that
1: was good and bro you know I, I I I why why do you love this show so much and listen I'm not going to give away whether or not it's going to get my chicken box slash crack box but I
2: I, I, I want you know, to crack can, box, can, can, chicken I, tell, crack can box. I tell you that I'm still conflicted on that because Giving three crack vows <laughs> r- is hilarious. It is. I, just, I, just, I just can't mentally get past it.
1: It's so but bad, uh, but also too. hilarious. I think we so, so do you,
2: you want to start with me or do you want to start
1: Bro? With- I would love to hear from you okay. because like you pick all this, right. You well, know,
2: well, let me tell you, buckle <laughs> your seat belts, buddy, because we're we're about to get into it. We're so, going so listen, in for um, a ride. Here is first of all. Until Game of Thrones came out, The Wire was hands down to me the best show ever created. Mm. And until the sixth season, six, seven, eight, debacle that's of Game of Thrones, I'm still never ready to talk about. It. But until bro, all that bro,
1: you said a lot. You said best show ever made. That's a high.
2: Let res- me tell that I'm ready. I'm I that's ready a lot. Ba- that I'm, is just, a I'm, ready I'm ready to back it up. I'm ready to back it up. And I I don't know, but I bet if you Google "best show ever," the wire is probably going to pop up. Uh, yeah,
1: Aubrey's website. Anyway, go ahead. <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh my God! People are getting such a people are getting such people are getting such a looking dynamic of our, And Arbury doesn't know what he's talking about. <laughs> <laughs> All right, is everybody done? Yes. As the oldest, yes. can I rail it in? Yes. Okay. Sir. We're done all for right. the next so, five minutes. And first, oldest, first of all, I'm
1: Otis, man.
2: Did you all? Did you all look up like anything about who the writer of the show is? Mm-mm. Okay, so, um, and, and I just I pulled it up because I I don't want, I want to make sure that uh I give the the exact right information. Mm-hmm. But the guy's name is David Simon. The the one who is basically responsible for putting this show together. And what he was was a journalist in the Baltimore City, um, uh, uh, in in Baltimore City for many, many years. And basically he pulled this show from his experience Mm. inside of Baltimore. Uh So the concept of the show is amazing. It has five seasons. He knew it would have five seasons. And each season covers a different aspect of Baltimore. So the first season covers the illegal drug trade or the streets. The second season covers the docks. What happens in in the docks of uh, of Baltimore? Because you know Baltimore is
1: ah, that's why McNulty ended up on the docks. Exactly.
2: Okay. Okay. Um, The third is going to be politics okay the fourth which i'll even just say is my favorite season deals with the school system
1: oh look i'm already angry and, I look, even seen it yet. and
2: let me just tell both of my sisters who are very emotionally um strong and but potent as well emotionally potent i'll say look don't watch season four all at once you need to space that one i'm already okay. angry all right i'm already upset <laughs> and at a, at a anytime first, you're about to tell me something about my people uh-uh and, it, and the fifth season is about uh, the, how the media oh, and, oh. His, and the whole concept is how all of these things are connected. And in each season, the characters don't really change, but the point of view you're watching this from changes, but you'll still see the, the same cast wow. uh, generally. And, and, and so, first of all, I've never wow. seen anything like that. Or That's
0: good. Um,
2: so, when we talk about the realness of, I, I lived in Baltimore for 10 years. Obviously, I'm not claiming I'm a Baltimorean or anything like that, but I had- They're
0: there quite a bit of time. A
2: lot of experience- In Baltimore. And this show truly captures the feel of Baltimore, mm. it really captures the feel of Baltimore, and that's largely because the characters that he's created have been based on people he actually knew while he was based on police officers. Like Bonk, Bonk is based on a a real police officer, yeah. And like yeah. You, could, you could go and look up these uh, Omar's based on mm. uh, he's like a um composite of several different stick up kids and stuff like that. So these characters and these situations largely come from real circumstances that happened in Baltimore. So this show has a love. Bro, can I
0: interject? Um, Adrian's comment, because it goes with what you just said adrian said um, real talk i briefly dated one of those guys you talked about and he grew up surrounded by drug dealers and didn't know any other type of success for black people he became a kingpin and is in jail if only he used his entrepreneurial powers for good mm. so it just really goes to what you were just talking about how these are based on real people yes so, so and, thank and, you for and, sharing that adrian thank mm. you yeah.
2: yeah real people and real circumstances you know really? just like yeah. she said because yeah. um the thing is, is that Baltimore. I, I we grew up in Pittsburgh, which uh, Pittsburgh was very dangerous, and specifically in the '90s, and when I was going to uh, college, you know, early '90s and everything. That. And and what I learned after leaving Pittsburgh, the reason why it was so dangerous, was because a lot of people in Pittsburgh weren't even really fighting over anything like they were, you know, you got on this color and that color, but it wasn't. And so a lot of it was just retaliation. And, you know, I mean, we, I mean, we could talk about that for totally. anybody from Pittsburgh totally. could talk about that for, for years. But when I, but when I moved to Baltimore, I saw who real gangsters are and real gangsters um, will kill you instantly, but it's over something. It's 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 for a reason. Like I want your territory. I I you know there's um these and not good reasons. But what I'm saying is, it's something more than just you know you got on this color or something like that. And if you'll notice that the violence is a function of something. E- even if even if when they're um even when they're doing something to somebody in- innocent, there's there's a reason in their mind behind why they're doing what they're doing. And I'm just saying, when you observe what's going on in Baltimore, I feel like David Simon just did a great job of portraying, uh, at least from my perspective, that, um, uh, I, that just whole um, feeling of, of Baltimore. And uh, the other thing is, is he used Baltimore people and you're going to see that more and more as the, yeah, as you the, know what, even seasons.
1: and you could tell if you've ever like there is a Baltimore accent that is a specific accent. It is a specific way of talking, and those actors, there were many of them that had the actual Baltimore accent. And,
2: and let me tell you something. You can't fake it. You cannot. Like, like, you you cannot fake the Baltimore accent. D.U. and you have, you and dummy. Yeah, like, you, you, love love a father. Uh, yeah. I mean, it, I don't
1: even know it, but it's you can hear it and you know when it's genuine, when it's real is what I'm saying.
2: That's what and, and and it and it lets you. You could tell. Yep. And the other thing that I look in terms of realness, and this is still just my first point, and I'm and believe me, I'm censoring myself way down. I know consideration of this podcast but um the other thing about it is is the how the music works and Woo! if you notice if you notice how in every tv show e- even the ones you love the music is always a plot device to kind of raise and and fall uh make feelings go certain ways you know make something feel ominous but if you know so like when something is about to happen you know the musical ramp up And if you notice, they very rarely do that in the wire. They use music, but they use it in the scene. So, like, if if there's music to be uh, uh, even moving the plot along, it's playing out of a boombox or a car stereo, or you know, it's it's Mm -hmm. something in the scene. And I just never saw that. So it's not like where in most shows, where like you know something happens, you're done. Dun it, dun it, dun it. Which is cool, you know, because I, I mean I like that too. But I'm just saying this Jaws. was, this, yes, that was definitely
1: Jaws. Dude. Yeah, that was Jaws.
2: <laughs> so, but this was an interesting thought <laughs> I missed it. But it bro, a... but bro, you know what? <laughs> so, so we were laughing Jaws. at that you I'm chose so Jaws,
1: <laughs> bro. I'm so happy you just said that about the music, because can I tell you the one time they actually use music to narrate a scene. It was the very last scene of the last episode of the season. Exactly. That was the only time. And why do I know this? Because in my note-taking template, there was there were no music notes. That's right. For any other, like, there, it literally wasn't there. I didn't know if I had missed it and, or what.
2: And even even then, it was just a montage yeah. with a music playing. And so it wasn't even in the plot. It was just, no. it was there mm-hmm. because, you know, it's a montage. Yep. Um, all right. So the second reason... <laughs> all uh, that
1: was one reason well that's robust it's uh, robust that, that all was everybody all, that has was... their
2: popcorn no, I, 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 look, I'm going to be I'm going to be brief trust me I've, I've got my top
1: reasons. I love I love this though Aubrey's I got, like listen, loving this show right now I got my top reasons. listen it's okay. so good. I just a side note it's so when our
2: good.
0: brother is passionate we love it we, it's just so we good. Absolutely love
2: and it.
0: what else y'all
1: need to know <laughs> is that me and, Brittany, <laughs> me and Brittany have been creating random content for a while and we have been trying for years to get Aubrey to be in on our stuff, and so right now, just the three of us being even on here is like my heart is so full. Like I love it so much.
2: So that's bro, all wonderful, but you aren't we rev- take I mean, it away. Like, you just derailed the whole. We all right, love no, it. No, no. Okay, listen, listen. I love you guys. Let's interject my our buddy. "We
0: Love Brothers" song right now. This is perfect. I'll do the choreography. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
1: <laughs> okay, no, you're right, bro, because you know what, bro, you reel us in, because you're the big brother, you reel us right on in. Yes,
0: sorry. Very after, good. Uh, We're
1: after, done. We're uh, listening. listening. No more of that. Listen. Listen. I'm so focused I'm on what you're saying. What was your I'm second listening. point? Were you about to get into that? <laughs> oh, it's multiple paragraphs?
2: I- I just want everybody to know this this is what it's it's actually like. This is what it's actually like. Okay, so you touched on the other thing while you were going over your, one of the things you touched on while you were going through your summary is that I love the duality, the representation that, first of all, there's no main character in the show. And that was also it something. It would be
1: very hard that, to name a main. That, I mean, maybe there, there's, there, there's a there character are, you meet first, so he he feels like he's a central. There,
2: there are people who are prominent.
1: Yeah, well. And, said. Uh,
2: there 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 are people who are prominent, but yep. there's no main characters to the show.
1: I agree. For it's it. an ensemble and, for sure.
2: And what that does is it allows you to be attached to everybody. Mm. But the other thing is you never know what's going to happen. Because since nobody is really a main character, it's fair game for anything to happen to anybody. You know what I mean? And that really lets you be on edge while you're watching the show. So the um
1: Bro, can but, I push back on that a little bit? Yeah. Because you know there are there, I I have to say it, it would be very hard to say that McNulty is not a main character in the show.
2: They're all main I, characters. I well, agree.
1: I would say the main character because when I, when I think of main character, I think of the person that cannot get really killed off because they are like they, they kind of got to be there. And I felt like McNulty was the only character in the whole show police side or drug side and the and, and just for the for the people who haven't watched the show McNulty is the police officer the detective rather police detective who first put the Barksdale organization on the radar of the judge in terms of saying to the judge listen there's a larger intervention needed here because this drug group is very successful he was the first one to really get the ball rolling and throughout the season it was his individual relationships with people and their reaction to him really w- was something that kept the show going. So bro, I would push back a little bit and say that McNulty is the character that is, I would say the typical kind of main character we're all used to. That if he got killed off, the show would, wouldn't move forward in the same way.
2: Well, I mean- But the, like everyone I, else, everyone else. Like, like, like I said, I, I mean, I, I, get I get what you're saying. And so you know, McNulty was definitely the—he's um, the one who started the uh, the whole investigation. So um, obviously, a lot of what happens centers around him. But but at the same time, I don't feel like it's the same way as when I'm like watching Breaking Bad and it's Walter White. I agree with that. I agree with that because
1: you know, so, we so didn't know it, more about his life. Than anyone else's, like, yeah, they, they, they so, went as deep as on other characters. So I I grew from that that perspective.
2: So yeah, he was definitely the one that started this narrative, and yeah, in, in, at least in this season. So, um, but uh, the the bigger point I want to make is that I love how this shows you how like you you made a point of you're rooting for everybody, and it's it really a strange. Are. Feeling because, excuse me. In most TV shows, they pretty there is usually a protagonist and an antagonist in most TV shows, but in this one, you understand pretty much everybody's reasons for doing what they're doing, and I feel like that's a more uh, even uh, to go back to my first point more realistic. Um, view in life, because life is messy. It's so not nice. black and white. And what you find Ooh. is even the people who it's are on bridge. the law side, who are on the, you know, they're supposed to be upholding the law, you see them doing things, uh first of all, to further whatever agenda they feel like is good, but their actions still land outside of the law. And then you see them doing things that they feel is justified, like when uh carver and Hurt took the cat the, the drug cash when they when they took some of it and, you know put it behind their bulletproof vest see they felt uh they felt that it's okay for them to do that based on what's you know their circumstance just like the people who are traditionally the uh you know the the the, the criminals or whatever whatever you want to call it and so when you're looking at it like that you it really gives you this feeling of man like this is messy this is just a messy situation um i you also talked about how people are really victims of the circumstance on either side and that and i think they do such a great job of doing the character development to let you know why these people are doing what they're doing mm. and they take their time and that's why cuz when you both started watching it, it it felt like slow when you when you were watching it but i knew Listen, that you would start.
0: could dry was a show I wanted to pull my eyeballs out. I was like, I, I'm not gonna make the wire. I'm not gonna make it for five seasons. Now I'm like season two.
2: What's up? Yeah, I mean, because the thing <laughs> is, is that they, if you're if you're really creating a, a a like a colorful, full narrative, it takes time to. Lay that foundation because you got to know what their motivations are. That's right. Mm -mm. Um, and the last thing I'll say is, uh, oh, I I wanted to point out two things. I loved how they showed how these things work, and one of the things that really blew my mind was how much the police take advantage of um, young black youths. That was a Dumb term. Black youths, uh, the you know, um their lack of understanding of knowledge uh, of the law because they put them in these circumstances where they don't realize how much power they have to just sit there, for example, to just sit there, or and and just say don't say and anything. Do nothing. And, and, but they don't they don't know that and they use all these mind games that they're not prepared to combat. And really, that's outside the law, too. And the last thing I I, want to say to that is when you look at this, when you look at how all this is created, there's really no good guys and bad guys, because we all know families now who started off their businesses in illegal ways. We know prominent families who started their businesses off in illegal ways, and then they became... Hello. Listen to people. You Say know? it. And so when we're looking at somebody like Stringer Bell, and you see how he has his legitimate businesses as well, and you can see that this is just a man who was born in Baltimore City in the projects. If he was born somewhere affluent, he would have been a CEO of some major company, but it's just because he has that mentality and that drive. But – he was born in the circumstance mm. he was born in. And so uh, I could go on and on and yeah, on. Yeah, there's so much in what you shared, bro. But I'm just saying those are the things, some of the things that Yeah, uh, oh. I love the show so much.
0: I, uh, before you start, Janaya, I do want to uh, just shout out some people who have joined in. Mr. Woodson, hello. Thank you for being here. Hey, Mr. Woodson. Mara, what's going on? I do see Tora was in here at some point. So thank you so much, you guys, for tuning in. Ashley, let us know that she is eating her pizza and watching us, so she <laughs> has time. Okay, she has time for our shenanigans. And Keisha did agree with you, Janaya, about when you were saying that, it was that McNulty was probably would be a main character if he was no longer in this show um that it would be you know kind of pivotal would be hard um and, and adrian was also laughing at your note-taking template i just <laughs> want to make sure you... and hello blake green as well as in here hey, and also erica deary um is in here as well she let us know hey she used to watch the show when her and her husband were first dating. So this, this is, is this a is good. a show that's this resonating date show.
1: People. It so is
0: thank you guys. I well sis, what's what's your out.
1: reaction to it? What's your reaction? I feel like I've done a lot of talking. Arby's done a lot of talking sis, what's your reaction to this show? You already said that it was a slow start for you.
0: Listen, if you guys saw screenshots of my text messages <laughs> to my brother and sister. It was just a slew of horrible things about this show. I hate this show. I don't want to continue it. I'm not going to make it for five seasons. By the beginning of episode two, I was like, what is happening right now? I think that um, watching this show, um, something Aubrey said that really made me, which has all been something I've also thought about, um, is that how the show is supposed to be very baltimore it's supposed to be very Baltimore. Just so and you know, things. right
2: now I'm looking through my text because there are a couple that I'm going to be highlighting. <laughs> <laughs> good, good.
0: So Aubrey was say how the show is very Baltimore and how the writer-creator, um, how he was specific about getting people from Baltimore for that authenticity. And it just, it. this is something I thought about even before Aubrey saying that, is why Idris Elba was a person, an actor, that they would choose from this. For those of you who know Idris Elba, I'm pretty sure most of my ladies on here know him. Uh, <laughs> but Idris Elba, him being, um, not, he's, from, he's from London. And so wondering why that was a choice um, to have someone come, which let's say he did an amazing job. Um, anytime he was doing he was extremely but he's an amazing actor we all know that so I just thought that that was kind of I always I was thinking about that I was like why Idris but and even more so when you said it that it's supposed to be very Baltimore I'm like he's not American so that that is something that did pop into my mind but needless to say he did a job uh, for for to to
2: be can I can I tell you I didn't know Idris Elba was not so until many after it, the show was over and i mean he's my favorite character in the whole show and so, um we have
1: to talk more about yeah him.
2: we'll talk more about that but yeah. i'm just saying so so, so it's difficult good. for me to but the point you're making a lot of people talk about that yeah. you know if you if you haven't seen it, key and peel even have a uh, a skit on it. You gotta watch it if you haven't seen it. I love Yeah, just look that up. Look that up. Kim Peele, English actor. Look that up. But yeah, so a lot of people talk about what you're talking about. But I just, I can't say nothing wrong about Stringer, man. (laughs)
0: Right. This is really a trend, right? Um, that is happening in uh Black American film and Black American television shows as well. Um, that we are getting British actors and they're playing American people. Again, that's a whole nother conversation. That's a whole nother podcast. But just to to the point, he did an amazing job. Mm-hmm. To the point where you were saying, I spoke to many people. They're like, man, I did not know he just was mm-hmm. not from America until he did an interview, you know? And Real quick, real quick, Aunt Sarah, I know you're saying I have not watched The Wire. Um, You never saw it. Listen, Aunt Sarah, we're going to caution against you. I don't think it's a good show for Aunt Sarah. I don't Don't, know if it's a good show. Don't watch this, Aunt (laughs) Sarah. (laughs) We love you so much. Don't watch this. Don't watch this. Um, uh, But I will say, as I was watching, I had a friend, I was talking to him, and he made a statement that I don't look at The Wire as a show. I actually look at it as a documentary. And that really was, his statement was just about how real it is and how much of that is going on and how far-fetched some of it may be, but we know that it's not. So then to see certain characters who you see their innocence and Michael B. Jordan's character, first of all, so cute watching him as a young kid. Wallace. Wallace, listen. Aubrey and Janar, you're they already know I'm I say people's what I recognize them as
1: in my notes in my notes he was baby back baby black panther oh is that,
0: he was yeah. so cute he, he was, hold on, was hold on, baby
2: killmonger hold on, hold on. baby killmonger I, I'll, 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 hold on I'll be back
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh look all I know is all I know is he was a cutie patootie <laughs> on the show. He was
0: a cutie patootie. He was a cutie patootie. watching him though, seeing his character Wallace go from being this really great younger guy that's doing the drugs, he's following all the rules, he's you know doing everything he's supposed to. Then he sees this awful murder of a opponent to the um the what is her last name? Barksdale, Barksdale. Mm-hmm. organization, which his name is Omar. Um, and he sees what happens to Omar's um lover, and it is just it takes him, it it hurts him. And he's like, wait a minute. I think he just in his you can tell in his innocence, he's like, I thought we were just selling drugs. You know, you, like, you, 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 right? you know what let let, let
2: me let there. me let me interject real quick what you're talking mm-hmm. about for those of you who haven't mm-hmm. seen it, Wallace is one of the young drug dealers and he saw, and obviously being robbed is a a big part of the drug game. And Wallace saw one, like Brittany said, the lover of somebody who robbed them. So he's the one who reported seeing this this guy. And so what you're talking about, I I just wanted to put the context in there of why he's going through what you were talking about.
0: Yes. And so Wallace seeing this reporting, like he is so just watching him go from I'm selling drugs, this is all I do. I'm taking care of my five, and I'm assuming mm. these are his siblings. No, they're to, not to the well these in these the little children that run drugs mm. that do they're the runners. So he's taking care of these little elementary kids school who, age. Like and you guys to to watch these children, these children are parentless. They're literally parentless Michael B. Wallace is their father he's making sure they're going to school he said you don't want to be a foster kid do you you got to go to school like he is literally who they're 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 giving them breakfast in the morning m- feeding them lunch like mm. it just blow. it was just like watching it felt like an alternate universe but it's not right this is down the street mm-hmm. and so it was a really hard watching that but it was also very interesting as well i also want to put out that i i know aubrey told us when we first started watching this that this was groundbreaking on some things um in terms of the wire and i feel like part of that was showing the lbgtq community um and and what it looks like and how will, LBGTQIA, will lbgtq i plus community mm. which now those are more these words we didn't have those even when this show was out but him being, or, or they weren't as prevalent is what I should say. When him showing um, someone who is a more, you know, more hard, more thug, and he's a drug dealer. Tell me you talking about. Omar. Talk, talking about Omar. Omar is very hard. He's the one that stole the drugs. Like, he came in shooting people in the knees. Like, just crazy and, Omar and the guy, is,
1: he's someone he is he is outside of the barksdale yes organization so like he a neighbor a
0: neighboring neighborhood or something you
1: know he really is at the it. top of 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 an organization that is it's really he almost is like a lone ranger kind of well, he, well, doesn't yeah, have, yeah, he, would, he doesn't yeah, have he doesn't have as established an uh, organization as the barksdale no, he,
2: he really doesn't have any organization because he uh-uh. just had he just had two stick those boys couple of guys with him and but it he's was really him. A, a lone, he's a lone wolf.
1: But, but he is a, he everybody is, known known is afraid of him. He's yes. a known entity. Know like y'all,
0: when he, walks in, when he walks into neighborhoods, yo, it's Omar, everybody runs. <laughs> it's like, Omar, who are you? What did you do in the past that everybody is just running? But you get to see because Omar is crazy. And you also see, cause Omar is also a genius. He was playing those police officers so much, but that's another part of this conversation. But watching him, his character be so hard, be so scary, quote unquote, and also be so sensitive and in love with a man. This is something you're not seeing on TV or, or that, in that time frame. you might see it more now. So I can see how that was pivotal. I get and So I thought I that that was even watching um, the black woman that was in there. Her name was Kima. She was one of the detectives. She was, she was in a lesbian relationship watching her. The, she two, was so black. So good. She was so fierce. Watching these two black women. But also corrupt. Be
1: in this relationship. <laughs> you think Kima was corrupt? Uh, She was beating up now, but, uh, but, but again, what we're, yeah. what, what we learned through this show is that yeah. all, all principles are relative right Right. so for example when did i not love her as much didn't love her when she was beating down black men and boys who there was a there was a point in the show where one of the lower level drug dealers a black kid 14 years old he punches a police officer he, he punched the police now, he officer, was 16. He was 16, 16. But, he punched yeah, the police officer. Young. The point is he punched him once and they proceeded to pounce on him. It four or like five four of them. adult <laughs> police officers, <laughs> kicking him, punching him, beating him with a stick no and with their bodies. Now, okay. Maybe punch him back once just to get him good. But you, they, they literally beat him for punching a police officer one time. And some could absolutely say that it was in self-defense because they were there being attacked by the police, the drug dealers in that situation. So what I'm saying is she was absolutely, um, I think, acting in the correct rules on the paradigm that she was living in, which is it's okay for police to beat these Black people up. And so she wasn't breaking those rules because the rules of her environment.
2: Well, can we put? Can we gave put her one,
1: the freedom one to do caveat?
2: that? It's okay if they do if they do something to you because she didn't just. I just want to be clear that she- That's
1: just, a good point, bro. Yeah, she, didn't good point. She, didn't, oh, she didn't just
0: start beating him up. But it was like you hit one of my fellow officers. And he was an older guy as well. And look, can, can, Which can that I, was another thing. It was one- Go ahead, bro. I
1: mean, it
2: was just so- Can, I, can, can I just say- I it, I just, was ex, it was excessive. But it was still
0: I, with reason.
2: I'm not gonna say, I'm not even gonna, where I fall on this is uh, irrelevant. I just want to play devil's advocate for a second. Excuse me, you're policing in Baltimore City, one of the most violent cities in the, the country, if not the world, you know, one of the most viol- violent cities. And you're a police officer interacting with people who don't always play by the rules that police are off limits. You know, these people will attack you. And so... And their hands are a lot more tied than a criminal's hands are tied in terms of what they can do. And I'm saying, I can see them saying like any, if I'm coming to arrest you, you comply. But if you go far enough to hit me, I am responding with extreme prejudice just to set the precedent of being uh like, you just can't do that. You can't. So I can see somebody saying that. because But, cause, cause but, Kimono- this,
1: but this, this challenge with that, bro. And, and, and I, I, I absolutely understand that perspective, but the challenge of consequences like that, instead of consequences that actually play out through a legal system is that the legal system then does become meaningless because people, we don't we don't need people afraid of the police beating them up. We need people afraid of. Actually, we don't need people living in fear. Let's just be honest. No, no, no. But yeah, no, but, yeah, but, yeah, but the con- the consequence of being beat up is not the right consequence, okay. right? There needs to be some other reaction to get,
2: punching yeah, someone I, that you I, weren't I supposed to punch.
1: Because the truth is, you shouldn't punch anybody,
2: no, right? I get, so I, I see what you're saying.
1: you know.
0: And I, I I know. That, that, like... punch, that punch brought out something else that showed a nuance of the police force where the police officer that got hit, he was an older guy. He was so, he was ecstatic because he was like, I can take my pension and I could quit. I hate this place. Like I'm so ready to be done. To the point where he's talking to his partner that he's been working with for years. And he's like, listen, those stairs are dark fall down the stairs, just a couple. And Brand, don't have a kid you we're, can we're, we're com-
2: Just as a time check, we are coming up on the hour. Just, <laughs>
0: okay, just so, yeah. okay. Well, well, you know, uh, I, I wanted well, to just, touch. Well, just to, to curve out just the, the things that I loved where that it did show um, integrity and in a lot of standpoints on what that looks like and how sometimes when you do operate in integrity, you are not going to win all the time there are oftentimes operating in integrity you are going to lose. Um, and also being loyal. Let me tell you something. There, the one guy that is in here, um, eBay, e- 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 what is his name? Weeby. 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 Thank you. Weeby. Thank you. Weeby. Him. Listen, who is a very, didn't know, but he's a very well-known meme. And I was very excited. He's a well-known gif. I was very excited to know the origin of that gift now because I use it all the time. Um, he, weBay, his loyalty to this organization was astounding. I mean, it was like, oh yeah, I did this. I did that. Oh yeah. Confessing the things that he didn't do. The police knows he didn't do, but you can't make someone say, you didn't do that. If he's sitting there eating a sandwich saying I did it, describing to you how he did it, I was just like, listen, words. friends, how many of us have them? <laughs> friends. I was like, what is going on? Just, but I, I understand. Of course, that's more nuanced. But just mm. that topic of of, of loyalty, loyalty. Yep. even to police officers being loyal to one another. And the last thing I do want to say is McNulty's character, that actor does such a great job because he makes me love him and hate him all at the same time he is such a toxic person in everything that he does mcnulty but you also see his heart and wanting to solve but him has solved the case but his heart and wanting to solve the case also leads him to do some really horrible things just in his personal life um and so just but but that character as well so so i will say yes enjoyed it was it was much different than the first episode
2: And these are some of my highlights of Britney's text. I want a guy to be loyal to me, like a drug dealer is loyal to his crew, shaking my head, laughing out loud.
0: It's true. It's true. It's very reasonable. It's very, could you please be loyal to me, (laughs) sir? Like, you are to these drug dealer people. What is going on? Do I have
1: to, like, uh, beat you it? up? Do I have to beat you up to, to bring you into me, compliance? Uh,
0: what do you do? To bring you into compliance.
2: I how need to get you to a
0: beeper in the payphone.
2: How, how is it that we all used to use nasty pe- public payphones, but Corona was never a
0: thing? <laughs> <laughs> You guys, we all use payphones, and now Corona's out, and we're all stuck in the house. What is cool? going <laughs> <laughs> on? Payphones are nasty. We okay. were not out there using alcohol wipes before we used payphones. Okay, yeah. we all okay. had case quarters, but none of us had Corona. Yo, us had did corona.
2: you? Did you? Did you just say case quarter? She did. Okay. It's a case uh, So, so I I just want to make it all right. Th- this one might be my favorite. Why do drug dealers steal from the bigger drug dealers? If I was a drug dealer, I would be the best. I would never steal from the bigger drug dealer and I would always be alive.
0: (laughs) I would never steal. Let me you something. That's when you start messing up in these drug shows. You start getting so greedy. Why are you getting so greedy? Take your little piece of money and (laughs) release you being faithful. What happened? The one little dark-skinned guy, don't know his (laughs) name. He was the one sitting on the couch by the end of season one. His name is Pooh. Listen, Pooh. Listen. Poot. Poot. Listen, Poot was following the rules. And and Wallace wasn't. At at what cost? At
1: what cost? At either way,
0: time? either way, I would still be mm. one of the good ones. Let me tell you something. I'm not gonna. These people
1: are crazy. I'm not stealing from you, Britt. Oh. Brit, but you know what, Britt, with, with, and, and Aubrey, with, without realizing it, you've just segwayed right back to this Wallace character. I wanted to talk more about. Okay.
2: Oh, that's good because Brittany's oh. next text. I wanted to oh, read. Well, oh no, Michael B. Jordan. Please don't do drugs. You have to take care of those kids. <laughs> all boys, too. Hashtag our community. so great. It's a good
0: think, Aunt Sarah, Aunt Sarah, to that point, because it is our community, okay? And those were all little black boys. They were. Care, for one. One ended up being a girl. I didn't realize that. But the uh, Aunt Sarah said, in light of the fact that they are people particularly younger people, how do you believe this will impact our communities and the current climate? Well, oh, and, and Mara we'll told answer, me, we'll, Mara said, uh-uh, yo, they'll steal your stuff.
1: Exactly!
0: <laughs> no, we'll, we'll, we'll,
2: we'll, 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 we'll answer, we'll answer, uh, so we'll answer that after, in, after Janiyah, yeah, um, Janiyah, um, Janiyah goes to the I'll point see. that she was about to make.
1: Yeah, you know, because both of y'all talked about this Wallace character. And one of the things you talked about, bro, um, was, well, actually, it was kind of a through line for both of what you all shared about him. So Wallace, also known as Little Baby Black Panther, in my, and Brittany, what did you call him? He is Killmonger. His name was Killmonger. Not in, in my notes. Movie. Not in my notes. Okay. But, um, okay. Okay. Okay.
0: Go I will let you Brittany, know. you better be glad
2: um, I'm not reading some of these.
0: <laughs>
1: Listen, I, I'm if not we ashamed. Had
0: time, let me pull my mic up. I'm not ashamed, and you can <laughs> read every last one of them. Go ahead, go ahead.
1: They're it. so good. Good. The go. um. So Britt, you were talking about. Uh, so Aubrey, you were talking about the police engaging with um the um the little black boys yes, yep, the, they, as if they were men, right? treating them as if they had adult mm-hmm. level information, judgment, um, access. And they just didn't have it. And the police were treating them like adults. And when you said that, bro, I started thinking about the fact that those young men, those those boys, those little boys were being treated, were having the experiences of men in so many parts of their lives. And then Brittany started talking about how um Wallace was a parent figure to the elementary school age drug dealer children. And so in that way, he was once again being challenged to have adult level sensibilities, adult Mm -hmm. level judgment, adult level access, Mm -hmm. adult level pressure, adult level caretaking. And then certainly as a drug dealer, he was put in situations where he was constantly having to defend who he was. And the actual language that they would use when they were challenging each other to do, uh, I would say, more advanced drug dealing tactics, it was be a man, do this more advanced thing. Be a man, step up and do this other thing. Mm. And so there are just so many ways in which the, the boyhood is just being stripped away from children in these circumstances. And this is real life, we see this all the time. And it is just so unfair. And what happens? What happens is that he is there trying his best to be a man. He has given up high school, he's given up so much to be a part of this lifestyle. And there he is, following the rules, trying to be in compliance, trying to be a man. He does exactly what he is supposed to do in the drug organization, and he thumbs, "Hey, there's someone that's done wrong by us. Let me run it up the flagpole." The person that he pointed out, as we talked about earlier, turns out to be—he's—he's—he's—he's he's 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 one of those characters that you don't see him very often, but he's important because he is the lover of. One of, of, of Omar, that, that Lone Ranger drug dealer that we talked about.
2: Well, he's not a drug dealer. Omar is a stick-up boy. That's very important. Because oh. he, does, he doesn't, he will give away he drugs. He sells the drugs in the large. Yeah. He steals drugs. He steals drugs and money. He robs drug dealers. That's, that's what, what does. that's
1: does. That's, that's what he, what he does. does. And yeah. then he sells the drugs, but only because he stole them. It's not because he's a drug dealer, necessarily, right. and, I guess. And,
2: and he does it more of a Robin Hood type situation like if you notice um when the one lady who came up she was looking for a fix and she didn't have the money he just gave it to her because he understands the circumstance the
1: nature of addiction and yeah the nature of
2: he grew up in the whole So, so so he's not a drug dealer he's more of a robin hood yep thugged out robin hood
1: figure Mm -hmm. so Oh, God, we could talk about that for a whole hour just so much. But what I wanted to say about Wallace is that he ends up buckling under the pressure. And that's what people who haven't seen the show, they wouldn't pick up from what we've talked about to this point. Wallace completely buckles under this pressure. The first thing he does is he starts to conclude that this life is not for him. And he actually goes to one of the other drug dealers, a more senior drug dealer. And he's like, you know, I, I kind of went out of this game. You know, I don't think this is a good fit for me. His, he, starts to, he starts to question things like, like murder as a consequence for murder. He starts to raise those questions and he's thinking it's not worth it. So what does he start to do to cope? And this is the point I wanted to make. He starts to use drugs. He starts to smoke or what, snort
2: crack well what is he heroin heroin thank you i'm not i don't know all the yeah
1: Yeah, so he he becomes a drug addict as a coping mechanism because of all of the pressure that he is experiencing
2: and we see the cycle creating right in front of us
1: right in front of us us. and then and then uh, he 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 ends up the police end up Getting Wallace, they end up get access because of a series of circumstances. He's in their custody, and they 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 offer him an opportunity to be an informant to basically go and and report on some of what has been happening. And at this point, poor Wallace, he has he's exhausted with this, and so he's open. He's open to that.
0: Uh, because of the I also seri-
1: want to end that
0: scene, Janiyah, I think was very pivotal. You guys, he's laying on the table with his head on a jacket and another jacket covering him, and he's asleep like a child like sh- a should be. Like a child. Like a, chi- like a 14-year-old should be. He's tired. He's tired. And I just, when I saw it, because I, I'm, my brother has challenged my sister and I not to cry at some point, and I said, I'm not going to do it.
1: I'm hardcore. I'm hard. I'm Omar, okay? You know what? I didn't cry. I didn't I didn't cry, but it was only because I was angry. Yeah. You. And, you know, I was so angry exactly. in this while watching this exactly. because it is a, so I, I, let me just say am I ashamed that I'm just not watching this show when it came out in 2002 on some levels? Yes. But watching it now in light of everything that's happening in the world, it is it's it's taken on a whole other meaning and I'm living right now in so much anger every day every day, day that when I was watching the show I was like this is actually not a good show for me to be binge watching right now because I'm already angry and so that's why I didn't cry I think if I had just been um to say this time you know I don't know five or five years ago uh I when I was a person that was uh, maybe less aware though it had to be maybe 10 years ago maybe when it came out if i watched it when it came out i might have been a little less aware and been able to process it as just a show but because i know that this is real life and I, and and i i know those black boys i know them we grew up with them they're our family. They're I our friends. Me. And it's like, I, I, it's just, I was so angry watching it. Anyways, so I just wanted to, 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 uh, to uh, do uh, but- that Wallace story to just show that how nuanced mm. this show. They did such a good job. Of, oh, and the other thing about Wallace is once the police had him in their custody, they wanted to find his family. Why? He's a minor. And he can't, he don't know where his mom is. They go and talk to his mom. She's, she's, she's an alcoholic, okay? Why? We, could, we can guess. Okay, she's she's she we, we get to see just a tablespoon of her circumstance, and it is tough. It is tough. And we hear a little bit about her mother's circumstance, and that was tough, you know? And then um, so she's not she she's not gonna be a good resource. Okay, she's not gonna be helpful. They end up taking Wallace to his grandmother's house, somebody he hasn't seen in years, in years, because that was the only family they could find that they could reasonably hand him over to for custody. So it's not just these Black boys. It is the whole family structure you get to see in this show has been Ooh. has been completely torn apart by the circumstances of poverty and violence and over-policing. And With the roots in
0: slavery. Help me and Jesus. it's
1: so clear. And it's so clear. Ah, <laughs>
2: Help me, Silling! Help
0: me, Silling!
2: And I think that um, I think that actually spills right into uh, what Sarah was asking about, because if there's one thing this piece of art does, like art does, is make people aware. And making people aware of what's actually going on, and because, I'm going to tell you, um, yes, we knew of situations but we didn't grow up in these kind of circumstances. And, okay. and um, because of that, you might not, it might not all make sense to you, is what I'm saying. If you're a person who's watching this, but, but, and you don't get all the holes filled in. But then when you watch something like this, you understand why things are the way they are and what you can do to help, you know, like, like what, what but it, but it it's important because I'm going to tell you, this show has definitely exposed a lot of people to this reality that they wouldn't have otherwise. It's so true. And bro, you, that's the biggest thing.
1: You talked about Stringer Bell as your favorite character. And I don't, um, I don't think we can end this podcast and call ourselves podcasters of this this season if we don't talk about Stringer Bell. Bro, can you talk about him, please? Why do you call him your favorite character? I have so much I want to say about him. And And by the way, Stringer Bell, he is the second in command. Yeah, he's the second
2: in command in the Barksdale organization. Mm -hmm. And the thing I love about Stringer Bell is... anybody who's ever been in any type of role where you're responsible for results and people's results will, that part of it will resonate with you just because he's, he's see,
1: basically the COO, CFO, CIO like he's he like is, running the business
2: and he is trying to keep all of these moving pieces <laughs> that just won't move together. Like, it, 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 it to him, it's so simple. And I just really, that resonates with me from a leadership perspective that sometimes you just wanna be like, why can't we all just get on the same page? You know, like, like if we could just all- I wrote, I gave you rules, follow them.
0: Like, listen, yeah. you know, because for, for example- Said no phones, we, I said no phones. What's the problem?
2: I said no phone. It's so
0: clear. Okay, no it's so clear. This is what I mean why I would be a
2: good drug dealer. I wouldn't have a phone. I would never have a phone. They would never hear me. Brittany, first of all, you would give all your drugs away. You would be the first You're life. so nice. You would be like, they'd be like, I don't have any money. You'd be like, okay, you can have some drugs. Just, get, just pay me when you can. <laughs> Brittany would be you.
1: the absolute <laughs> drug dealer.
2: Out, but anyway, Don't so be the worst so, so,
0: about when be dead,
2: you wouldn't be alive, there. you wouldn't be alive, <laughs> but um, so that's that's the first thing I feel like as a, as a leader, as a leader, he's just I just feel him, you see what I'm saying, as, as a leader, And yep. But I also love the fact that Stringer, if you notice when when we meet him, you can already tell there's something a little different about him. But the thing about Stringer, Stringer is a businessman. Yep. He's a businessman. And he just happened to he's be... He's in business. He's taking business classes. Listen, he's well, well, listen, I'm, I'm trying to get to that. I'm saying, if he, if he... Just like when you have, like I said, certain families, you start off bootlegging or doing whatever, or, and you got to think about, yes... Drugs do crime, but guess what else does crime? Cig- I mean, harm. Drugs do harm, and I'm not taking away from that, but guess what else does harm? Cigarettes, alcohol, pharmaceuticals, and guess food, what? Food, the, food, food, if food. Been
1: done right. Yep.
2: Food. Processed food. food. Taking us food. out. Taking all, all us the, out. All of this stuff <laughs> that, yep. um, like, I remember Chris Rock did a, a bit long time ago, and he, he used to say, only the white man can profit from pain. You know, like he did a whole bit about it and i'm just saying i just love seeing how stringer bell is a ceo who just happened to be born in this circumstance but he's organizing this thing yep, under the most brutal circumstances that you can imagine because these are people who have all of the disadvantages that we're talking about so they're not walking into an organization where they're trying to be good you know when people walk into an organization it's like oh, you know, yeah, I work nights and weekends. You know what I mean? Like that's not what he's dealing with. So he has to um, walk this line between being a professional and uh, managing all of these personalities. And he's just doing it better than, it's an impossible situation and he's doing it better than most people could ever dream of doing. So, uh, and the fact that he's always trying to better himself and when, cause I mean, what show did you ever watch where the Kingpin drug dealer is attending class at community college so he can learn more about how to be a more successful businessman? I just never seen that before or, or like I said, or since. And so he was such an interesting character that he is a gangster in every sense of the word, but he's also a leader. In every sense of the word. He's also a CEO in every sense of the he word. He tries to teach so them things. What you say? I,
0: I be, being part of being a leader is teaching. And yep. he does try to teach them. He does try to teach them to, for them to, he's not just trying to say, hey, do this because I'm telling you to do it. Do this because I need you to understand why it is important, why we have this copy, this copying company, because this is our front business. You cannot mess this up. We have got to have this. Um, another thing was them getting into politics. This is this. <laughs> they were destroying the neighborhood in the sense that we have drugs happening, running amok. But then we also have them buying up property, and I was like, "You're really he messing
1: is, with my mind he right is now." Is because buying
2: property.
1: He's you know, buying, property. But and he's buying property because he's in cahoots. Their drug organization is in cahoots with the, with government officials. Government yes. officials are planning a development in a certain neighborhood, and they have been the drug dealers are buying up properties around where the development is, is about to, and, and, to happen. And they're they're so making smart. they're making uh, contributions to the yes. this is actual relationship with the politicians they're making contributions they're in communication and, we'll, we'll, and we're,
2: we're going to really and we're going to really get into clean that money we're, we're we're that point you made too Brett. we're going to really get into that in season three mm-hmm. because season three okay. is about the government
1: i can't wait
2: so all right if, so look we went we went over but so bro, is there anything else yes yeah good <laughs> Look,
1: look, you know what, I feel like- Before you do that,
0: I just want to say that Mara and Erica both said that I would be a broke drug dealer, and they're correct.
1: I know you will.
0: But I would be alive.
1: (laughs) You know what would actually happen is Brittany would be like, Janiyah, my drug dealing isn't going well, you know, and then what would end up happening is me and Brittany would be in cahoots. And any time a really difficult conversation needed to happen, Brittany would articulate everything that needed to be said, but then she would tell me, Janiyah, why don't you go and do it? She would have me go out, and then I would be the one getting beat up i'll be the one getting shot and britney would be there everybody's Blessing best friend when you're in the game there are sacrifices <laughs> loyalty we just talked about that Brittany, you know people people don't know how much britney is the boss of me in this here life people don't know we don't know she who's pulling the strings but now the jig is up the, the, it's out um so what the other person? I Loyalty. Wanted to talk about, yeah. <laughs> the other person I wanted to talk about, bro, is Lieutenant Daniels, because I saw him. I saw him
2: I saw him working out when you were talking about leadership. I saw leadership. him working out. I saw him working out in Bali Total Fitness in Towson, Maryland, right outside of.
1: Him. Yes,
2: it was very weird to see him. Did you and go up weird. to
1: him like? No. you have you're no. a complicated man. What did y'all think? <laughs> <laughs> Lieutenant Daniels is is <laughs> the person who did not volunteer for it, okay, but was put at the top of the task force of police officers that are trying to take down Barksdale. In the and, words of Janaya, this ragtag bunch of police <laughs> people. <laughs> it's a ragtag, this
2: ragtag you, bunch. Look, look, can I say that neither one of you Joe Dealers using terms like Please
1: come to can, my corner. I, have some I, quality. You a I, I would never be a drug I dealer. I would never reefer. be a drug dealer because I would be uplifting the community. Okay, I would be a lifting community. I would be a rehab center. I be would clear. not be a dealer, a dealer. That rehab center yeah. would be
0: built with my
2: drug money. <laughs> <laughs> all, right, look.
1: Go, but,
2: let, all right. let me let me let me let me reel this back in as I <laughs> often have to do. But with 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 the with Lieutenant Daniels, the thing that is most interesting about him is we see this spectrum of I people. have a ton of respect.
1: Okay. Him,
2: I gotta say. We got We him. see the spectrum Love of people him. all the way from people who color outside the lines a lot to people who do it a little but the thing about it is, he's the most um, ethical out of I believe anybody who they showed on the show. Um, but even he has a skeleton in the closet, and they don't even go into it. But they reference it. Remember at the end when he had the yeah. when he had he had a standoff, basically with one of his superiors who said, basically you know I got some stuff on you and that's where he stood on his integrity like look well i'm ready to go down are you ready to go down cuz i'm ready to go down but the point is is even somebody who is at the top of this show he's at least one of the t- most ethical people mm-hmm. on the show even he has a little bit of yin in his yang and i you can't just go without it i just that is so interesting to hey, me bro. that
1: It's so funny. I would not have described him as ethical. I really, well, I, I don't know if he's leading. I would not say he was leading with ethics as much as he was leading with compliance. Mm. I felt, I experienced him as a, what are the rules here? And, 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 and this is why I, I loved him. I identified with him so much. I felt like he was one of those leaders that had a sense of the rules in the textbook the rules of the game. And we just watched him throughout this entire season having to navigate both. And what ends up happening is you end up, you just lose. And there's a place actually in this this show where he's talking it over with his wife, who by the way, listen, they threw that little wife in there. She was so good. I loved she his was wife. So good. It was so she good. He had
0: like four scenes in the whole season. But, but she, but scenes, she, you remembered every last one of them. That Daniel's she wife. Was so
1: good. She was so good. She was so good. And they even, and so they had a I point. Can't, I
2: can't wait for y'all to watch the rest. Of they, of.
1: they had a point where they were literally Uh-oh. they were talking through all of his options. Uh, he was at a decision point. He was at a decision point as uh-huh. as a leadership of this task force, and and he had to make a decision and she they just together him and his wife they went down all the options weighing in the rules the 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 actual rules and the non-rules the unwritten rules and they just basically say you're gonna you're gonna lose either way you're gonna lose either way and so there was a point where they were contemplating him somehow just getting out of the game somehow getting out of the task or getting out of leadership because no matter what he did he was set up for failure and so bro i i saw him making decisions that were the right thing to do but i felt he was always doing it in service of the rules because there were a couple of times where we watched him so there were times where as aubrey said some of these police officers were completely coloring outside of the lines and so some people on lieutenant daniel's team were absolutely the absolute worst i'm talking about the worst. i'm talking about this this little black kid is out in the projects in the middle of the night minding his own business police officer with no real reason hits him hits the young man with uh and and literally blinds him in one eye with the butt of his gun and what does, what, how does Daniels handle that? Daniels, because of the unwritten rules, he coaches that police officer into a story that made it seem like it was self-defense. So that's why I would not call him ethical, but he did what he had to do to protect his people. There were other times where he was getting an awareness of, uh, so even there were people on his squad that he, he suspected of having stolen money. He didn't turn them in. He said. Get, give me the money back. You know, so I, I wouldn't look at him as ethical bro, but I thought he knew the game, and I thought he was playing it, and I thought he was he was just in compliance with the rules.
2: Yeah, I, Even I, with I, going I just, with his
0: own um, just pressures and even racism that he was dealing with.
2: When oh, the police
0: commissioner came to that hospital, and he immediately looked to the white man and started talking to him as if he was a lieutenant, and the white man was like, uh, that's Daniels. And I was sh- like...
1: That is happening. He has,
0: this, this, Daniel is nuanced in the sense that I am. Oh, the authority. weight of but leadership. My, the weight. My authority is being disrespected at every turn. I, <laughs> uh, and that's, I, that's why, excel, that's
2: why I, I definitely nuanced. describe him. Let me say this. If I'm not using ethical as a description. Even though ethics a, a, are relative. As, as a, as a, as a verb. And like you said, I, I mean, I, Yes, it's all relative. It's all relative.
1: It's all relative. But, but, it's all relative. What,
2: but what I'm saying is, is his motivations don't seem selfish to me in this season. Like his motivations are always he chooses what's the best option I can choose out of these I have to choose one of them. But, I bro, gotta,
1: wouldn't you so, say that at the beginning of the season he was angling for a promotion – there was a point at which yeah. he realized he could not get it. And that's when he said, okay, well, well, if I'm literally not well, able to get this promotion, le- I'm just going to now advocate me, for my team.
2: Let me, let me, you have made some solid points. I want to rephrase what I'm saying. I'm saying of these people on the wire, I feel like he's the most ethical. Not that he is necessarily mm. an ethical person. I'm just saying on the scale of, this group of, yes. of people, I'm saying he's on the one end. You know All right, I, mean? like, like, I, have, like, the most, I the most ethical person on this show is Weebay. <laughs> I would
1: say that
2: <laughs> Weebay is a mass murderer.
1: I would say the, the 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 most ethical person, and I'm about to shock he y'all is, minds at Channel Nine because I, all I, the way to Channel Nine, like, baby, get your, baby. Get shock, your shock mind, it. Get your
2: mind ready
1: to get to i I'm ready. I'm ready because I want to see if you okay. feel
2: like it's the same person as I do.
1: Because hold me. on, can I
2: guess? Can I guess? if you tell me if all right. D'Angelo. Nope. So which one is okay, that? Okay, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead.
1: D'Angelo is the one oh, that's yeah, doing yeah, yeah. the drug run. Yeah. yeah. All right, all right, yeah.
2: go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. I'm, I'm on the edge of my seat.
1: It is. Oh, man. I just closed my org chart to get the names. It is the officer that came from the pawn yes, shop. Yes, 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 right. yes. Freeman. Lester Freeman. Okay. Now, let Oh, let me throw. let me give the let me you're give right. the people some context.
2: He, it, t- tell the people tell the people about Lester. How a, did I forget you're talking about, about a Lester?
1: Silent force.
0: Ooh. Oh oh, I mean just a force. Yes. Now and, and, and a smooth
2: made, and a smooth dude on top no, of everything no, else. He was so smooth.
0: He's like my old school player.
2: Like, in my in,
1: in my notes, I called him Shaft. Because I was like, this dude is hes, he's smooth. So like, remember, th-
2: there, there, was one, there was one, young girl who they were trying to flip yeah. to be a witness. Who was a, a, she's a stripper, a stripper, a stripper in one of the establishments, and they were worried about keeping her safe. He was like, "Yeah, she oh, can she stay in my apartment." <laughs> <laughs> oh, and
0: well, his, the- and, and, his, his, and Dan was like, Daniels was like, "Okay." you're a police officer like
1: he's like i know you're right hey dude that's against the law baby hey, ain't
2: against the law when, it is not
1: when this task force that was, was when this task force was first put together <laughs> when this police task force was first put together because there were so many people in the upper levels of local politics and in the police department that did not want the task force to be successful they didn't want this the bark organization taken out because they were profiting Mm. from it that's what you start to understand so because the higher-ups did not want this exploration to even happen number one and they certainly didn't want it to be successful when they put together the task force they pulled together they were in the intention of pulling together the worst possible group so that's the other thing you need to know about this ragtag group they were put together in spite and who did they spitefully Put on this task force, a guy, Detective Freeman, who was from, he had been 13 years prior, he had been put into the pawn shop division because he was doing some quote unquote real police work and they didn't like it then. They didn't like it then. And well, they. Well, well, well
2: spec- specifically, mm-hmm. specifically, he arrested somebody who was politically connected that they told him not to rest and he did it anyway because of his ethics yes hashtag Tana.
1: ethical yes, and Tana. so and he had he had been living for 13 years and the consequence of that he had been put in the pawn shop unit and he described the work of the pawn shop unit here's the work of the pawn shop unit when something gets pawned they make an index card about it and if <laughs> and, and if some, and if something comes up in a case And they want to know if it was in a pawn shop he said they look for the index card if the index card isn't there (laughs) they say the index card isn't there so this is a guy who was an excellent detective he was he was chef okay he was an excellent detective and he had been put in the pawn shop unit and they forgot they forgot that they had put him in the pawn shop unit because he was a beast And they were so dumb that they forgot. And they put him into this task force thinking he would just be a wasted body. Well, guess what? He was not. Guess what? He dusted off those skill sets. And (laughs) can I
0: just say? Right, in the words of Mara, she said, while whittling models. (laughs) (laughs)
2: Yes, yes.
1: While whittling models. Listen, that's the other thing. Some officers, because they don't get paid enough as police officers, they steal money. Others do what? Create a side hustle. What was his side hustle? Handcrafted dollhouse furniture (laughs) that he was literally making these intricate pieces. I mean, the artistry,
2: right? earning thousands of dollars.
1: If you you don't tell, if that's that's not
0: more of a, I'm gonna get a woman move. And here's what it (laughs) is. Right. He's He's making
1: little little, little wooden babies. Now, (laughs) what did he do? We want to talk about a value add. Okay, this man is not only is he offering his amazing skill sets, decoding things, finding the intricacies of the case, starting to peel back the layers. He is the reason that we discovered the depth of the corruption. Okay, he is the reason that we discovered the expansiveness of the Barksdale organization. It was because of him. And he, as he was doing all this, what made him so good is that he was elevating the skill sets of the team. He was training the team, coaching the team, helping all of these wackadoo officers to become better, to become more ethical. And he was, he was helping them to understand the consequences of their decisions. And listen, you want to talk about raising the bar for everybody? It was Lester. And so if there's, if there's any character in this show that managed to actually make ethical decisions, I would say it was him. And so, bro, I'm going to nominate no, him for most I, ethical. L- let me, let me, and let me I, t- I, I, continue to nominate Lester for most compliant with the rules. No, Daniels. Daniels. I'm sorry, Daniels. Listen, most listen, compliant.
2: Listen, can I, can I tell you that you, you made such a strong point.
0: I mean, it that I well. feel,
2: I feel like we need to go back 30 years, and you should drop. Your rap lyric, just one time for me. Drop your rap lyric Mm. Mm. because that's how Mm. good your point Mm. was.
1: Yo, it's Janiyah. Consuming cities like fire. Fire. (laughs) educated lyrics that are meant to take you higher I know, I know i'm new never said i was the roughest when it comes to dropping knowledge with these rhymes i'm the toughest just to educate a woman with the presence of a queen dark milk chocolate imported like hey, a cocoa bean hey, waited, in these, be? waited in these puddles that we call humanity self-education humanity. self-awareness and spirituality
2: Ah, uh, oh, man Listen, Man, that, that, I'm gonna, <laughs> that, was a, that was a hip-hop quotable right there. That should have been in the Source Listen, magazine. This, this, rap. this rap was
1: written in
2: while I was in elementary last school. Week. I don't last know, middle week. school.
1: Last last week. Week.
2: <laughs> it was last week. And it is my favorite rap verse of all times. And this is the first
1: time it's ever been recorded.
2: No one it's ever it's recorded. All right, well, for all, and, and look, all I'm, I'm, I'm going to give you all, a, for people who are watching, you have a treat <laughs> because at some point in a future podcast, I'm going to get her to rap her uh, Lauren Hill verse <laughs> later on, and so just Yo, that'll finally, be that'll be that'll be dropped somewhere.
1: Yeah. Finally, people are going to know I'm cool. I've been waiting for for people okay. to know. You, you took it too don't, far. So you took it too
2: far.
0: Took don't it don't mess it up. Don't don't, don't, don't pre mess it up. Don't want, don't pre mess it. So just don't pre mess it. Okay. <laughs> It's a pre. It's a mess Brittany, up. That's a, Brittany, mess, that's a Brittany, mess up. That's a mess
2: up. Britney is the cool one. <laughs> Britney is the cool one. But I have a rap. You have to be specifically cool to pull off blue headphones, blue <laughs> lipstick, with a blue shirt. Yes. Yes. And have yes. the pop. Oh, with the blue straw. <laughs> My bad. All right. Look, we got off topic. So, is there is anything so else?
1: My sister is so. Good. Is there anything else? No, those were the what? main, you know, and I, so the one last point, I will just say, and I feel like we already covered it, but I just want to just, just want to make sure it's mm. super clear. Brittany talked about the fact that this show really nodded to the intricacies of race, gender, sexuality. We have also talked about how this show has grappled with power okay, at all levels. People looking for personal power, looking for family power, looking for community power, looking for economic power, okay? These are the things we've been talking about. And we also talked about genius. That is something else I love about this show. This show, it was an opportunity for people to understand that genius doesn't always live in one package. When you hear the word genius, we all have the stereotype that we think of and it's like a white man with glasses who's like got a great iq and the reality is that genius there is so much genius that lives in discounted communities and what i love about this show is that we were able to see genius play out while people were using slang colloquialisms and living in a lifestyle that we all think of as one that is less important less valid okay and we're watching people live in the circumstances of poverty and fight to get out of it and without the book learning that that stereotype of a genius had they are making these wonderful genius level businesses and also judgments and so i just wanted to put a put that pin out there bro hey
2: that pin is put
1: That's my last thing. That's my closing thought. I'm good.
2: Brittany, are you good?
0: I do want to say one thing is that you never, when someone is put in the right circumstances, they can thrive. Mm. And I, want that, the the guy that was one of the really mess up cops, he was was straight nepotism while he was still there. Mm -hmm. He should have been fired a long time ago. He shot up his Uh, own car. Like, he is
2: just the worst. He's no, just the that, worst. That that is the best example of it's nepotism. Such a good point.
0: It was he. You guys like he just he was the one that hit the the young black kid in the eye. It made him go blind. He's just terrible. Terrible. It's all three of those all three of those cops should have been fired at some point already because of the shenanigans they were getting. Themselves but of into. course, but
1: Lieutenant Daniels more. wouldn't fire them, would he? he no, because he follows the rules. With,
2: but I already that, said you was right. This, I was just, see, I was underscoring. this is how you always are. I can't. Whenever I, 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 I'm objective. I'm like, yes, I agree with you. And then you just gotta keep. I was underscoring me- for the people. All right, all right. It was for the people. I think the people know what's going on. Here. All right. Go ahead, Jen- <laughs> Go ahead, Brittany. I'm sorry. Um, I think the people I'm know al- what's going on.
0: I'm always in the middle. I'm always in the middle. I'm innocent. I'm innocent. Um, <laughs> but that—that's one of her he tactics.
1: Me- everyone, that's one of her tactics. Britney is not always innocent. And that's what you need to know. And that's what I have been saying since she was born in 1985. Um, Britney has been up to no good and she does not get in
0: trouble. Bring
2: it in, bring it in, bring it in.
0: I would like to say you have rap lyrics saying that you are consuming the city like fire. <laughs> Look, fire is
2: way. very destructive. It's with Britney, education. Fire is very destructive. Britney, can you please get back um, to your, <laughs> point your It's record.
1: with education. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Don't let the middle child throw everything on it's burning
1: it's burning down with education (laughs) yeah so I do
0: but just that he was then told because basically it's like we can't have you in the streets um so and if you get fired it's like I'm I can't fire you because nepotism but also I don't want to look like I don't know what I'm doing you guys he starts to decode what the the bark Under the tutelage
1: of Lester Freeman, really. Under the
0: tutelage of Lester Freeman, he is given this opportunity. And he starts to look at these numbers. His mind is not being out in the field, his mind was being in the office. And so this stupid dumb-dumb became an integral part to them figuring things out. Figuring out yes. codes, yes. knowing what to listen to, knowing yes. what to watch for, decoding what these pager messages meant. He so when given the right circumstance, you can thrive, and you're seeing that in oftentimes in devastated areas, um, places deemed ghetto and all these different things. Mm-hmm. They're not given these right set of circumstances to thrive. Mm. No one's giving them that opportunity. They're, they're, they're not having that. They're being told you're this one thing mm. and that is all you are. Mm. And you see, there was this scene though that um, the one guy, D'Angelo, which he was another really main character in the show that we didn't really talk Man, about. I, I was trying but, not to get into him. Yeah. I mean, we can read because that's there, a whole, I road, that's so a whole this, other I know. That's a whole other one. Go ahead. Go ahead. This I one want, why, which, why don't we do
1: him and then maybe he's the last okay. character?
0: Well, so yes. Well, so he, like we he just it. has a. We'll finish your point. Nef- right? Okay. Well, he just to tell you who he is, he is the nephew of the main, the first in command of the Barkley family. And he is. He if if that first-in-command was to go, his mother was giving him a reality check, like, are you ready? Because it would be you. Because the whole family is in this. So anyway, he has um a baby. He has a baby's mother. And so the mother of his child, they go out to a really nice restaurant. And they're sitting in this restaurant, and mm-hmm. they're talking. And you could tell she's like, you know, hood, in a sense. But she's just being what she knows, right? She's not she's being who she is what she knows because why this is where she is and she hasn't given been the opportunity to see anything else and so they're in this restaurant and he's like man do you think these people know she's like do they didn't know what like who i am where mm. i'm from that i do these things and she's like listen which i i wish i had the quote pulled up cuz i wrote it in my text message but it she she says to him listen these people don't care about where you're from mm. they only care about your what money you
1: have. You get to say who you are, You when you, you have money, say, it was something money. like that. When you, yeah. when you have money, you get to say, you get to be whoever and, you wanna be.
0: You get, to, you get to be who you wanna be. It, you guys, if this show didn't show that in so many words, but mm. also with that being said, that doesn't always work if you are a black person.
2: Mm.
0: Listen, you Tell have stringer. You have Avon, who is the top of everything. These are business genius men. But you are, even if you're giving the city $250 million of your own money, you're investing off this drug money, right? Off of these drugs that they put into your community. We won't get into that. That now, you're still seen as less. But either way, it's still a true statement of if you wanted to buy your way out of this situation, and you wanted to leave out of here people are not questioning that you've lived grew up in the hood all these different things as a matter of fact they will not associate that with you at all until you tell them that and so it was just I thought that that was just such a pivotal I, statement to just I speak on, have I, that
2: yes can I, can I speak on D'Angelo De- and jump off what you're saying
0: please yes D'Angelo
2: is the nephew of mm-hmm. the
1: this, 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 the, this,
2: this the, top. The, the the main guy, A- A- Avon, Avon. Marks so he's the nephew. Now, here's the funny thing. One thing that I thought was kind of subtle is that Avon, it doesn't seem that much older than D'Angelo, which also speaks to how families are structured sometimes in these circumstances. Um, which, which which I felt like rang very true. but
1: I will also talk say that when you're looking at black men, you can't really necessarily look at them and get a sense of age. I don't know if they gave us information enough to sequence that. Oh, God.
2: Listen. I didn't think I they were understand.
1: close in age. I didn't experience I, them as close in age.
2: Okay, I'm sorry. You, you, Wait, who, who did he listen, say was close in age? Can, can, he can said just,
1: Avon, Barksdale, and Deanne, and I I didn't think they were close in age. They were close, De- close in
0: age. They did look close in age to
1: me. Okay. Yeah.
2: They, they, okay. They, they Maybe they look, look, I
1: projected something.
2: Listen, we all know that <laughs> the position you hold is whatever the opposite of the position I hold. So we, we could just interject that in. So, just like I, you text, I, and my perspective just like you text, is correct. And
1: my perspective just, is correct. Just,
0: and yours just is incorrect. Like, just
2: like you well, text Brittany, Your city time. is on
0: fire, Janaya.
2: <laughs> Just like you texted Brittany and said, "I don't know what Aubrey's opinion is, but I do know it's wrong." That, that, that's a quote <laughs> from Janaya Wright. But one but one thing but one thing I I, I feel like it's is it's how I feel. Yes, <laughs> one thing I do feel is very interesting is that you also see nepotism in the Barksdale organization. Ooh, yeah. Because the whole show started off because D'Angelo got beat up, and he shot somebody recklessly, which. Recklessly in public, which is what, how the whole show started in the court scene that Janelle was talking about. Now, what I'm saying is, is that imagine if that was anybody else
1: gone, they would have been killed. Dang, you're, gone. Within you're within minutes. Within minutes.
2: But um, he that's is.
0: That's why I would have never oh, done bro, it, that's and such I a been and would have been alive. Point.
2: And he such he has. Point. He has one of the most tragic stories oh, in the entire so show. Tragic. Yeah. Because he his mom is part of this organization. His mom is a dropping, dropping
1: snacks off to him while he's
2: While he's selling drugs. When he Y'all, "Stay was, safe, ah, honey. She says, stay listen. safe, honey. Here's a, a snack.
1: She said, I want you. Oh, I
2: know you're at work.
0: I was like, wait.
2: He was about, <laughs> he was, and I'm not gonna say whether or not this was wrong, but wrong or right. But he was a, he was about to flip on the organization. Yep. Um, and he was going to flip on the organization because long yes. story short, they made a mistake that resulted in his arrest. And now he had 20 years hanging over it. His mom came to talk him out of doing a deal. Now I, I'm going to just tell you that is insane to me because but the point I'm making is, is like D'Angelo. If he was born in a typical household, he would have went our to school. Household. right? If he, if D'Angelo was our brother, he'd probably had a B average in high school. You <laughs> would have went. He, he would have went to college. You'd have had some loans. Yeah. He, you totally. know, like it would have just been totally. a normal. So no. But because but, like a lot, some of these people, you know people that they're showing, they fit in their role so well. Like some of the cops are just evil cops and some of the gangsters are just, they're just so gangster that you can't even see them being anything else. But like D'Angelo, he would have been something else. Totally, And and he wants- I think he would have been a middle school teacher. Like I'm gonna tell you when That's when what he would, he, yeah. he would have been. He would have been a middle school science a counselor. And, he have, yeah. Cuz look, look remember the, the scene which is one of the best scenes in the show, when um Bodie and Wallace are playing uh checkers with checkers. chess pieces.
1: Oh, I love and that scene.
2: He, and he came up to them like listen, he could have let them just do what they're doing but no, let me elevate you. This is how chess works. This is, and I'm gonna tell you, someone who's mastered chess or even plays chess, that is a certain type of individual. Totally. You know, so he's definitely And one the of
1: way he team. taught them, the way he taught them, you know. Using
2: using the analogy of, you know, like this is the queen. This would be my uncle, Avon. You know? Oh my
1: God. It was just This
2: is the king. This is the stringer. you know, this is the um, what's what's the um the uh castle. The uh, castle. I don't I don't play it. Castle piece. I was one of the people he was teaching.
0: I was like, Oh, I get it. You know the so castle-
1: <laughs> Man Aren't there a bunch a of
0: pawn. the castle? no 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 no, oh, no, no. a pawn? Is that they what you I, I know there's a hey, rookie.
2: What's the castle piece in chess?
0: Uh, well while he's looking that up, I will say Ashley has said there's the yeah, rook. So he, so he was talking
2: he was talking about the rook is the stash you know and it was just a, an amazing scene oh of, yeah just to the point of why he would have been a teacher because he was able to communicate these ideas and he had such heart people were
0: trying to answer you
1: the rook and the towers the yeah. Rook yeah. In actually
0: the- erica and mara <laughs>
1: thank you people who actually know how to play chess um you know i <laughs> you know i i you know, I, 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 have- I i
2: feel like those people were being condescending to be honest with you
1: i think they no they were being
0: very and helpful they information? They were being very trying to help me out
2: like oh my god this dude don't even it's the rook
1: <laughs> and i and i'm mad there were three of okay, and guys, we are like uh castle
2: but that sounds like a person does it sound like a building anyway go ahead go ahead.
1: but bro it's actually all of us not knowing like cheswell is a great example of like how much we have a circumstance that is I mean it is it is just like we are one degree separated from D'Angelo in so yep. many ways you know and if, if you were to to sit me next to D'Angelo and what and guess about which one knew how to play chess it would have been me right it's not D'Angelo that's my point you know so it's just it's just another example yes, yes, yeah it's, a, that's a great, it's that's another a great example thing. and um one of the things that i really appreciated about the d'angelo character was that he I, there was a point where <laughs> he started to i don't want to say buck the system but he started i'll say question the system yeah he started to question the system so as he was just in this experience that was just not a good fit for him clearly he was not in his the right journey um he started to <laughs> say in moments where he had the ear of like his the head of the organization avon barksdale he started to, to raise questions about the logic That they were applying to certain situations, you know? And there was a point that was so important where he was actually advocating for the life of Wallace. Wallace, you know, we've talked about Wallace. He was a person that D'Angelo had watched him become drug addicted. D'Angelo had watched him become further and further into this life. But D'Angelo had also been a nurturing force for Wallace enough that Wallace confided in him that he was starting to question whether the drug dealing life was the right life for him. Wallace had confided in D'Angelo that he wanted to go back to high school, you know? And yeah, he was going to be a couple grades behind where he probably should have been, but he wanted to go back because he didn't think that drug dealing was the right path for him. He was thinking about college for goodness sakes.
0: And Janaya, to your point, to both of you and Aubrey's point, before you move from that, Wallace actually started using some tactics with one of the elementary school kids when he was coming in. She was coming in asking a question about math. He started using these different drug the teaching terms, tactics the that teaching he learned tactics. from D'Angelo, and and so and that was his way of learning how I mean, what this, a man looks like. The
2: show, show is so
1: good. it's so nuanced. Okay, it's so a, I just wanted to put that out but there, sis, yeah, that's But so thank good. you, sis. Once again, we have a mind meld because that was actually the point I was building to. Was that um, if we um, we're watching we were watching Wallace? You know, all of these these figures are becoming you know, father-like, you know, parent-like figures in the lives Mm -hmm. of the younger ranks. And who did Wallace go to when he was having a personal revelation? He went to D'Angelo. And it was because D'Angelo had been experienced by him as someone who could hold that level of conversation. Whereas if he had said it to some of the others, he would have got popped in the face. You know, there was one point where he wasn't paying attention. I don't think he was like on a phone or something. And some, one of the guys just threw a glass bottle at Bodie. him to get his attention. Bodie threw a glass bottle at Wallace to get his attention instead of just saying, hey, buddy, focus. You know, anyways, it was just, he, he went to D'Angelo because D'Angelo was a person that could hold that level of conversation. Yeah. And so we watched D'Angelo advocating for the life of Wallace. D'Angelo was saying listen okay maybe Wallace is a loose end okay in the fact that he we have a sense now that he's potentially in cahoots with the police we have a sense now that he's taken a break from us you know he's been on drugs he's gone out to the country to be with his grandmother and circumstances that we aren't clear about but but he's a child and he kept saying it but he's just a child he's a kid just please just let him go just let him be just let him be. He wants out of the game. If he can get out, just let him be. Let him be. And so that was. And they him. show
0: the nuances between city and country. Like he's like, it's so loud. What is that? I <laughs> and it was the crickets. It was crickets. He had he could, never heard crickets.
2: He had never heard crickets. You he guys, that was
1: crazy. Wallace went to the, the country name. and had never heard crickets.
2: So All anyway, an hour or two of this one-hour podcast. Yep. Good. So, so then good. so then
1: we've checked all the boxes in. All right. Well, oh, and, <laughs> I guess, and I have a proposal. It came to me during the course of this. Instead of doing chicken boxes or crack pipes. And I hope, <laughs> and, and Brittany, please see what the chat thinks of this idea. Okay. I think we should do pagers.
2: Oh, that's good.
1: Why? Pagers. The police officers have pagers. The drug dealers have pagers. And they they
2: wired the pagers.
1: They wired the
0: pagers. It's pagers, y'all. It's pagers. Pagers. Now, okay, one thing, um, and you guys are going to be so upset with me, but we cannot stop. (sighs) (laughs) This this is the last thing. This is the last thing I swear. The whole scene, the scene where they were only using the F word. I
2: feel like I'm back at covenant.
1: No, it's so good. It's our third offering, so it's so listen. good. We're uh, gonna ask. Listen. That's it.
0: I yes, just wanted is, to make sure that, that, that we did classic.
1: not. Oh, it's That's so
0: Good call. So. All they said was the f word the whole time. It it was just the tone of it. it and just it, it was, was McNulty. Said, it was <laughs>
1: McNulty and his and
2: Bunk who is his partner. Yes. Can and I, they, can I can I can I quickly uh, interject uh, a? Britney quote about bunk. (laughs) Oh, it's so unfortunate that the plus size cop is being unfaithful to his wife, (laughs) which I don't know what him being plus size has to do. Anyway, I don't even listen, want to get into the explanation. Guys, I just, listen, you I don't
1: listen to the characters' names like I should. And Brittany, <laughs> Brittany picks up, and she does this no matter what we're reviewing. She'll just pick up one little thing about the character, and then that's how she names the character forever.
2: But it's not the name. <laughs> it's, it's just, why... To distinguish him.
0: Though when I did say that it was the plus ass cop, you knew exactly what I was
2: talking about. You know what? This is why I didn't want to discuss it further. That's I just wanted to go,
1: to go ahead. I'm happy people are getting this level of insight. Okay. They need to know. All right, so, they need to know.
2: Yeah, what were we talking about? <laughs> we were right talking
1: about the fact that this that that, that McNulty and Bunk, their partners. And and there's this scene where, first of all, they don't even want to investigate this case. They have to to go and investigate this case. It's been open a long time. It has been put in front of them almost as busy work, just to try to summarize the context, to really distract them from what they really want to be focused on. And so they're going, and they're like, this is not going to be a top-notch use of our time. I'm paraphrasing. And they get there, and as they get there, they are uncovering on this cold scene. This scene is so cold. This, this case is a long time ago. They are there discovering that it is, in fact, a very juicy case. And that it is also, they're also so discovering juicy. that it is relevant for, to their, to their larger, to the Barksdale investigation. Mm. And as they, are, as they are there, every single time they are discovering something about the case, all they say is the F word over and over and over again. And it's so good S- because the whole S-M-F- scene. mf. F-F-O. F-F-O the host, they're communicating. They're communicating o- with each other.
2: <laughs> but what, what, makes, what makes that scene so good is that it, it does two things in one scene. It shows how close he and Bunk are. How 100%. McNulty and Bunk are. But it also shows how skilled they are as detectives and how yes, experienced totally. that they don't yes. even have to say it. They've been in so many scenes.
1: There is that, so such yeah, They that, know exactly I'm, what to do. Oh, it's so good.
2: I'm it's glad you brought so it up, good. up, Brittany. But but don't bring up anything else. Okay. We, okay. And, one more thing. It was just one kidding. thing. <laughs> and, it was uh, this one I, time. I think we did a good job. Of, I do. We did two lot. hours. We did two hours, yes. but it was a whole. Season, we didn't talk about yes. bubbles.
1: I hate to say that oh we don't have time gosh. because we're over. We've been talking for two hours and 15 minutes.
2: We will have better times to talk about bubbles.
1: Okay, good. So we'll save him then. Okay, okay. you guys, that's
2: we'll have happen. better times to talk about. Okay, bubbles. let's wrap wrap, right. wrap
1: us up, bro. So wrap us up. Right. wrap so us up. You before, already know.
0: Before, before you wrap up, bro, I do want to just make a shout out to everyone that has come and put in here i mean we have erica watson jackson in here, mara's in here and then you guys didn't just make you guys just didn't come in you guys have been interacting and this is what we wanted Yay! cousin paulette is in here aunt brenda's in here tracy is in here you guys are just amazing and we love you so much and thank you just for interjecting like we appreciate it This, you guys made the conversation even more rich for the next time we do this. So thank you. I just wanted to put that out there. Say those
2: names. All right. So obviously, I mean, you know, The Wire gets my pager. And it's a sky pager, which is a really cool one.
1: Yes. And I
2: also... Well, the season one. We're doing season by season. So season one gets my pager.
1: Yeah. Season one also gets my pager. And my pager is a two-way pager. Oh, so, she always, um, and, child syndrome, yes,
0: season one also gets my pager and my pager is one of those ones that were like kind of
2: turquoise and it was see-through it was so cute first of all you are not old enough to have ever owned a pager <laughs> bro have you I ever owned a pager, a pager?
0: I had a a pager. I don't believe so. Yes, I did. Brittany, it must have been one of our pagers. You didn't have a pager. Well, we are not getting into the nuances of it being a (laughs) hand-me-down pager, but it was one. I had one.
2: All right, let me ask you this. Was it on? Could you receive pages? Yes, I could. But did you receive pages? (laughs) (laughs) No.
0: (laughs) But if I could,
1: I would have. Oh, I love you so much. No, oh, Britt, you, but you should be happy. You missed pagers. I mean, that was, I think my group, my age, was that we, we wrapped up the pager generation because we got yeah, cell phones. We got But cell I phones. did get
0: into Motorola. I remember I used to page people. I had one of the Motorola's that played Snake. But I did have a pager.
2: What? All right, anyway. I, I, I think that's a false memory. But I still love you anyway. And... um. It, and, it might be and it season be. one of it the might wire be because of
0: my crack pipe
1: <laughs> it's a pager season one of the wire has received <laughs> has received three pagers three pagers so that is the right perspective yes. on season one of yes. the um, wire we will Woo!
2: see you in season two and as always if you guys can wrap it up
1: and guys it's else? Up, well, we should tell people to follow us everywhere, everywhere. We're on YouTube, we're on Spotify, we're on Google podcasts. We're on Apple podcasts, wherever you listen to podcasts, we are present. We're on Podbean. You can find us. We're on listen, Facebook, don't, Instagram. Don't
0: keep us a secret. Please. Don't keep us a secret. Share. Share us wherever you are, whatever platforms you're on, share us for sure. And so I know suggestions. That we,
1: if there's something you want us yes. to review, send us a suggestion. We send would it love to that. us through any of these platforms. Because we need yes. some some more ideas.
0: So I think we're the next thing. So we've decided not to do the whole every season all together. We're going to do a movie in between, right? Oh, we're doing a movie. I thought between. we were yeah,
2: I thought we yeah, were yeah, right, we're gonna like. Oh, I booth? thought we were
1: gonna do it all in
2: order. Yeah, I thought we were doing it all. Straight. Oh, we are? Okay, okay, yeah. Just get in order. Let's do it. Let's do it. Let's do it. Yeah. Let's
0: do
1: let's it do it. yeah. All right. So so then so then we're going to our next one will be um season two of The Wire. And it'll be
2: released in a couple of weeks.
1: It'll be released in a couple of weeks. Okay. We post, we post every other Saturday. So this post, this this one that we're doing live on July 19th, it'll be posted on all four uh, platforms on July 24th, and then on August 7th, we will release the recap of um, and discussion of The Wire Season 2. Okay. The,
2: 20, the 24th is Friday, and it's your birthday. Okay, so then it's, so the you're all confused. Okay. it's the 25th, and I know the whole world stops because it's July 24th, and it's the international holiday. It goes out throughout the All the, the cities go on
1: fire Uh-oh.
2: on July 24th. You're right, bro. Can you guys just wrap You're this right. One up.
1: You're right. But thank you for correcting the dates. So this one will go live everywhere or be posted everywhere July 25th. And then season two will be available on August 8th. Thank you, bro.
0: And let us know if you like us going live, because we'd love to do this again. This was fun.
1: This was fun. This fine. was fun. Okay, I love you, bro, and sis. Thank you, everybody, for joining. Bye. (laughs) Bye, everybody. Love you guys. Brittany,
2: you didn't do it. Oh, bye. Bye.